There it is. All right. Welcome. Welcome back, everybody. Beautiful Wednesday, last day of the week. And I'm excited for this one. We're going to talk about open-handed love. If you're curious what that means, good, because so am I. And our guest is going to tell us all about it today. Here we go. Practicing polyamory. Real-life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory. The mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real-life flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this beautiful Wednesday. If you are joining us for the very first time, welcome and thank you so much for tuning in. And if you've been here for a while, then you already know that we are live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Three opportunities every week for you to ask questions. So if you have any questions about your relationships or if there's a topic you'd like to hear discussed on the show, slide into my DMs, let me know, or leave a comment while we're recording live. Follow the show on all social media platforms at Practicing PolyA. Let me know what it is that you want us to talk about. And as always, a reminder, if you're listening to this podcast, you are a welcome guest to be on the show. None of us are perfect, and we're here to share our imperfect stories because the more stories we share, the more others will see us in themselves, and the more representation we have, the more we can strengthen our community. So go to practicingpolyamory.com, sign up to share your imperfect story this season. There's only a few spots left before October 31st. All right, that is my spiel, and now to introduce today's guest. Our guest today is passionate about expanding, exploring, and mapping out consciousness through altered states, including meditation, yoga, hypnotherapy, and psychedelics. As a self-proclaimed emotional alchemist, our guest is constantly utilizing the processing and experiencing of emotions in order to transform and evolve as a human being, and she loves nothing more than helping others do the same. Like many of us in the poly community, our guest has learned that it's unreasonable to expect one person or partner to fulfill all of our needs, and it's drastically shifted how she views her personal friendships and relationships. Our guest has discovered what she calls open-handed love, which she believes underscores a lot of polyam relationships, and today we'll get a chance to learn exactly what that means and how we can apply it in our lives. I'm excited to learn. I hope you are too. Joining us today from Strength Counseling Services out of Alberta, Canada. Welcome to the show, Brittany Bannerman. Woo! Hey, hey, Hi. Brittany. Hello. Hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Good, good. Me too. Me too. Super energetic. You know, it's all good. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about your your history, how you got into counseling, and specifically why you chose to serve the polyam community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, my history, I, I got into counseling. Basically, it was kind of a, a thing that I feel like it found me. Um, all my life, I had found that people would just come to me with, you know, really intense stories and things that they were going through. And I became really curious about, about mental health and, and how humans operate. And, uh, and I studied psychology in my undergrad. And then it took a couple of years to work and gain some experience, sort of figure out what I wanted to do. 
And uh, from there, I realized academia wasn't really for me uh, entirely. And I really wanted to just work with people on their healing journeys. So mm -hmm. I took my master's of counseling psychology um, with a focus in addictions and mental health. And um, my journey just really in my master's opened everything up for me even more. Um, and that led me to starting to work with strength counseling services, which at the time became an online counseling agency. Mm -hmm. um, as our, our founder and our, our the beautiful woman who runs the company, Amanda, um, she moved out to Victoria. And so I started building the practice with her online while I was in my master's as a student therapist. Um, so just really got to be immersed in it and fell in love with um, being a part of people's healing journeys and just mm -hmm. getting to walk beside them on their paths um, and learning so much about myself and others through that process. Um, what else did you ask me now? I'm blanking uh, a bit. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, the other thing that I asked you was what inspired uh, your desire to work with the polyam community? Mm, yeah. So um, in some of the communities that I'm a part of, especially alternative communities, so um, more in like the, the psychedelic communities um, at different music festivals and things like that, I started to become exposed to uh, polyamory and, and friends that were polyamorous and one of the festivals I went to we had a we had a poly and pancakes event at our camp and I got to sit in on that and I just started taking in information about it and realizing that it actually made a lot of sense mm. um, and you know and 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 our clinicians at strength you know we are all so open to alternative ways of, of being and living. And we understand that what is presented in our culture is not always the way for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, and so it became really important to us to be a safe space for people to come and explore, um, you know, various styles of relationships, you know, their, their own sexuality, their gender identities, things like that, that are really hot topic items mm -hmm. these days and need support around them. So for sure, I think it was seeing friends um, and becoming part of uh, a poly community um, that really led me to wanting to serve that population as well. Nice. Yeah. Uh, when you said that polyam made sense uh, <laughs> immediately, I'm like, yes, totally. Uh, there's so much, I mean, I grew up thinking that I was, you know, going to find my one true love and, you know, this person was going to be my everything and I would be their everything. And as much as I tried to make that happen, and believe me, I tried for like, since like fifth grade, it's ridiculous. You consider failure experience? <laughs> lots of failure, <laughs> yes. lots of experience. Uh, and and one of the things that I found when uh, when I did discover po that polyamory was an option is exactly what we were talking about uh, in your intro, that one person doesn't need to and shouldn't, uh, I, I, at least I shouldn't pl place the pressure on that one person to try and fulfill all of our all of my needs. So yeah. what you've discovered is this thing that you call open-handed love. Tell me about what that means to you and I guess how, how you came to discover that. Yeah. Um, 
I believe that I discovered this. It's a term that actually um, one of my my dear teachers uh, and a professor at the university used to use a lot um, in terms of like talking about how we love one another and that normally we attach all these expectations and conditions mm -hmm. on love but that what we actually want to strive for is this open this beautiful open-handed love offering that is here if you want it if you don't it's still here um there's no conditions or expectations on that and it just made sense to me like similar to you you know i grew up looking for the one <laughs> whatever that means mm -hmm. and thinking that they had to be my everything and as I began to deconstruct that and this concept of open-handed love came up it just made so much sense you know mm -hmm. it kind of gets around um, issues of attachment and things like that which we do have to be careful because some people can say yeah I'm doing the open-handed love thing but really they're just detaching you know in in a way that might be you know indicative of a um what's the word like maladaptive attachments like avoidant attachment for example mm -hmm. right okay um so yeah my professor introduced this concept and like it was rolling around in my head for so long and i think that you know having those experiences in the poly community and just starting to see different ways that people were loving one another i was so drawn to it because i've always felt this um, huge force of unconditional love in my being for people. Mm -hmm. And I found that it, it wasn't what was expected of me. And people sometimes didn't know what to do with that unconditional love. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, open-handed loving means like, I love you for you. I don't need anything from you. I'm mm. not going to demand things of you. It doesn't take away, you know, reciprocation in relationship and things like that. But it just means like my love is not conditional to anything and you can have it or if you don't want it, I'll, I'll that's fine <laughs> kind of a thing. So it's just a, yeah, very, a very relaxed way of approaching something that, you know, normally we try to almost even smother, you know, grab yeah. it and own it and take it and it's ours and jealousy and all these things happen, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. So a couple of things come up for me as you're talking about this. Um, the first is this idea of, of open-handed love or un unconditional love, as you're saying. Uh, I think of two examples in my own life. The first is when I was monogamous, there was this girl that I chased for literally 10 years, right? It was a lot of back and forth of mostly me trying to make that work and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, her kind of making it seem like it, there was there, like there was a chance. Go ahead and play that clip. Uh, her mm -hmm. making it seem like there was a chance and me, you know, so you're telling me there's a chance just wanting to believe it yeah. <laughs> right um and so so like when i think about that unconditional love i think about that uh those 10 years where maybe if i hadn't have been so i'll use the word obsessed not quite the word that i want to use but but if i hadn't have been so focused on just that one person maybe you know it, within those 10 years i could have found love elsewhere so that's the first thing uh the first example the second example is uh my 
ex-wife. I'll, 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 whatever. It's complicated, but I'll yeah. just say that uh, where where she and I now have this, you know, wonderful friendship relationship uh, that is not based on, you know, all of the promises that we made when we got married. So there's like this very different kind of unconditional love there for the relationship that I have that we have. Yeah. The second thing that comes up for me, though, is there are expectations and conditions in relationships you know even if it's a friendship like um maybe we as friends don't expect to talk every single day i don't talk to my best friend every single day we talk every few weeks or so but when we do talk it's like nothing like no time has passed you know we reconnect um but but even in friendships, there are expectations of, I don't know, communication. There are expectations of like doing things together. Uh, and and in more intimate relationships, there are conditions of like uh, faithfulness for, for what it's worth. Like in other words, we can cheat in polyamory, right? And we expect our partners not to cheat on us. Like that's a, that's a condition. What do you think of those, of, of what I'm saying right now? Yeah, so I guess I, I think I want to like try and pull apart um, conditions or like things that are needed in relationships, like reciprocity, like communication, um, you know, like uh, meeting in the middle, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. But that those conditions, like whether they're there or not, don't necessarily dictate whether we have love for that person or not, I guess. And that's sort of more where I'm coming from. So just because we have these conditions on the relationship doesn't mean that we don't love them or that we're not offering that open-handed love, right? Because we do all have needs and relationships and we do want to be honest about those things. I guess the biggest thing is that it's... um, in adopting this open-handed love, maybe we're more likely to work through those things if we're not getting those versus just Mm -hmm. like calling it off. It's like, well, I I love Mm. you. Like I want to work on this, right? We're not, I'm not feeling a reciprocation or we're not communicating or we're not meeting in the middle, right? And so we come from that place of open-handed unconditional love in so it's more like the the foundation that we're coming from Mm -hmm. then the things that we need you know those Mm -hmm. kinds of things are all on top of that but it's a beautiful foundation that we can come from and it also says like you know if we give this our best shot and even though we may have love for each other we might decide like you know, you like you with your ex-wife, like you guys have a great relationship now and it doesn't need to be what it was. Mm -hmm. Right. And so to me, that's you guys practicing that unconditional open-handed love. That makes sense. That makes sense. sense. So even in a case of like infidelity, maybe we discover that we're not meant to be in a relationship together, but that doesn't mean that we have to stop loving each other i mean there's probably a lot of hurt there's probably a lot of anger um maybe we don't even have to be friends anymore i mean i I, I don't know like i i find i think that a lot of people will struggle with that a lot of people will feel like no hell no this person wronged me 
and mm-hmm. like I'm cutting them off. I feel nothing for them anymore. What do you think of somebody like that? Yeah. Um, I think that that's just speaking to our humanness and the messiness that can happen in relationships. Right. And like, needing to work through those feelings and you may work through those feelings and still decide, you know, I just don't have space for this person in my life anymore. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. that I don't have love for them, but it's just not flying with me. Right. That's not the kind of vibe I, I have, or I'm not resonating with that person and what they're doing. Um, but I should say, you know, the open-handed love is it's, it's not judgmental or controlling. It's given with the understanding that at any point somebody can choose to exit our lives or circumstances arise that can change the reality, right, in, in the relationship. So maybe some your partner passes away, right, or something. Um, and it says, like, I love you whether you stay or go. That doesn't change my love for you, right? Although mm-hmm. if we've been wronged, it can definitely, you know, admire that. Um, and, and then we have to work through that. Um, but I find, you know, especially if someone is reacting so intensely, it, it, it uh, could be pointing to this, you know, maybe there is still love there and, and, and it hurts. So I'm going right. to be angry about what happened rather than face the fact that I just still feel this love and it's just painful now because it's, not being given back to me or because now this person is, is gone or I've had to remove them from my life. Yeah. I mean, I used, I used infidelity as one example because that's one that could happen where we feel hurt and angry. And so we decide, like you said, we don't have space. Um, Maybe we can still feel love for that person, even if we don't want them in our lives. I feel like that's something that, that, people can potentially work through. Now I'm going to throw another one at you. What about in cases of like abuse, right? If somebody has been like really, whether it's, whether it's physical abuse, emotional abuse, you know, gaslighting, all of these different things that people can go through and they just have these horrible traumatic memories. I mean, should someone even try to hold on to love? Like why would I want to, feel any kind of love for somebody who like literally hurt me that way yeah it's so much worse so much worse Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah so you know this is uh this is it's not a tough one it's um you know in situations of abuse that is it's absolutely you know, not a situation that you want to stay in, right? Mm-hmm. You want to be able to take space and make sure that you're safe. It could be confusing because, you know, somebody could, you know, have experienced abuse and still feel love for their perpetrator, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. Or, or not. But, you know, when I think about these things, and often, you know, and I'll just speak with in terms of my own journey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in my own healing work, I have, I have, hang on, I gotta just collect my thoughts. <laughs> Sorry, my brain okay. sometimes does the brain fog thing. Um, so in my own healing work, I, you know, was in some situations and relationships that 
were uh, toxic for both parties involved. And, um, you know, there was some different forms of abuse that took place. And, and I found myself like coming out of that trying to reconcile and trying to be like, well, I, I loved this person, like, I don't understand. And what I found most helpful for me was actually um, divorcing what they did to me from who they are at their core as like a human soul, right? Mm -hmm. And that I know that at their core, like at the core, the soul is, um, it's, it, it's, it's pure. And mm. things happen to people throughout their lives that, you know, set this all up for them. It, you know, there's so many statistics that say that, you know, people who have been experienced abuse are more likely to become abusers and, and things right. like that. So it's for me, it's been this piece of like seeing the soul behind it and going, OK, you know, that's what I that's what I was in love with. That's the love. Mm -hmm. And I still have that love. And I don't believe that the pure soul itself or you know, in the language that I like to use, like the higher self of that person would not have done those things, but the human self of that person did. Got right. It. And so for me, that helps me kind of untangle where to put the love that I have, you know, or right. the love that I had for that person in a way that makes sense. Does that fit? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying. It's, uh, I like that that uh, language, the higher self of that person wouldn't have done the things that they did. The, the best parts of that person yes. wouldn't have done what they did. And there was a part of that person that uh, at one point we did love. Right. Mm -hmm. And 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 that person, you know, meant a lot to us for for that time uh, and divorcing the best parts from the worst parts. So. I guess my question to you then is what does it do for me? Right? Why why would I want to practice unconditional love for somebody who hurt me? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Um what I think that it does for us like personally is, you know, it it allows us to I think it it assists in the forgiveness process, um, you know, and that can be a long process. And to me, forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean I'm forgiving them for what they did. And like, I'm cool with it. It means I'm forgiving you so that I can drop this baggage and I can move on and heal. So I'm not carrying this around with me. And in order to forgive, tapping into that open handed love or unconditional love can be a huge, huge um, assistance, like in that process right so i think that it assists us with that um and and also you know i think connecting to it helps us connect to our own higher selves and this mm -hmm. this state of love that we all are and have within us and if if we're like if we withhold that love from from others, it's um, it's like withholding it from ourselves in a way, and so <clears throat> being able to have love for someone who hurt you, I think is is part of is such a huge part of being able to heal from the pain mm -hmm. of it, 
And that love, like, it doesn't mean I love what you did to me. I love where you're at now or who you're with or whatever. It doesn't mean that. It just means like, I love and, and therefore I can heal. I can forgive. I can move on. I can accept. Right. Yeah. So it just puts us in a very different mind state than mm -hmm. like, for example, I think of, you know, you know, when something happens and you want to go call a friend and, and sort of vent about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, and your friend, like if, if, if they're depending on who you phone, you might call someone who, you know, you really want to be on your side and they're going to be like, yeah, screw that person. And how could they do that to you? And it's just, it just like feeds this, this resentment um, and anger that actually keeps you from accessing the what's underneath it, which is most often hurt, heartbreak, right? right? Betrayal, abandonment. And so if we're stuck in that, we can't get into the deeper parts of the healing that need to happen, right? So when we call to to call somebody to have the vent and we are reinforced in our hatred of that person and mm -hmm. like, yeah, we should go, you know, slash their tires or whatever, right. <laughs> whether or not we decide to do that. But it just keeps us locked in that versus this unconditional love space and holding that for yourself so that you can then heal and see that person in a different light eventually, like when you're ready to. Got it. Yeah. Um, it sounds like uh, it, it's a matter of what, what you, what you said was mindset. So living my life from a place of love is going to allow me to have a happier, more fulfilled life as opposed to living my life from this place of anger, resentment, hurt, whatever. Uh, I, I might not be able to, I mean, I just, I, I don't feel like I would be able to be as happy in my life if I'm just constantly there. Yeah, exactly. Got yeah. it. Got it. Well, this has been super awesome, enlightening, fun. Um, Brittany, tell us a little bit about strength counseling, uh, the work that you're doing there. Uh, and also how can people get in touch with you if they want to work with you? Yeah. Um, so yeah. And thank you again so much. It was such a, a beautiful conversation. I love talking about this and just hearing all the different aspects and make me think about you know, where I stand with it too. So that's always helpful. Um, yeah, at Strength Counseling, um, so I'm currently off on a bit of a hiatus uh, from seeing individual clients. Um, just had like some medical stuff happen in the last couple of years. Um, but our team is there and they're going strong right now. I'm just kind of doing more back-end admin stuff, things like this. Um, but we have a whole team of people. They all have different specialties. Um, we offer online counseling. And as I mentioned, we started this agency, you know, back when I was in grad school. So it's been around for, I think, I think online, maybe six to eight years, something like that. Nice. Um, so we've been doing this, you know, before COVID and everything started moving online, we already had a system established. So um, we, we try to be really inclusive of whoever needs help and we try to make it as accessible as possible. So we use Zoom um, so that people in remote areas can access uh, counseling via, you know, by, by showing up online, um, which it really isn't new anymore. <laughs> um, and we, we have different counselors on our team to make the accessibility piece um, 
better for people. So we have a counselor who speaks Spanish and Portuguese. We have counselors that are kink friendly. We have a trans non-binary counselor. We have trauma specialists. Um, and all of our therapists represent a wide spectrum of various backgrounds, sexualities, belief systems, all of that. So we, we have someone for everyone, <laughs> basically. Um, and we're different in that we use a five-tier system that allows us to hit all the points that are important for hum human development during the course of treatment. And we also work with outside agencies who can provide services that we can't, like hospitals and addiction centers, spiritual guides, things like that. Um, we have a fitness and nutrition expert on the team for holistic health coverage. Um, and we have never not once turned anybody away because of finances. So one of the big things nice. for us is lowering the cost barriers. So we have low cost counseling options available as well. And we also try to um, reduce the wait times, which is getting more and more difficult, uh, you know, as the mental health crisis sort of looms and, and more people mm -hmm. are seeking help. But we've, we've done really well with that uh, as well. So people aren't waiting months and months and months to talk to someone because usually when you reach out, you need right. something now, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and the, the funds that we make from the low cost counseling options, we actually donate to less fortunate people for their benefit and that has nothing to do with strength itself. So we're always looking for ways to help and give back and really make counseling accessible for people. And the only time that we really refer out is if somebody needs a higher level of care than what we can provide on the online platform. But having worked online myself for many years before I took my hiatus, I can say that it works really well. People um, are always surprised by how connected they feel despite us being, you know, sitting in front of screens. Right. Um, and, uh, and I myself am actually a certified clinical hypnotherapist. So I've even done hypnotherapy, um, online via zoom and it's worked incredibly. So yeah, really? so there's actually, yeah. So lots of different modalities. Um, now EMDR can also be delivered online, which is incredible. So wow. there's a lot of different options that are coming out and, uh, yeah, and it's definitely, um, accessible and available. I should mention one other thing we have at Strength um, is we have our online store and we're putting together uh, courses that you can purchase. So, you know, if you're just looking for something on a specific topic, you can do that. I have some uh, hypnotherapy recordings that you can buy there as well. And we're going to slowly be uh, adding more and more content to the store very soon. Nice. Uh, it is scrolling across the screen and uh, and and showing up there. But uh, for our listening audience, uh, where can they find that information? And are there any regional restrictions? Mm, right. Um, so you can find all of the information on our website at strengthcounseling.ca, and it is spelled with two L's because uh, we are up in Canada. So there's that. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Strength Counseling, and then we have a page on Facebook as well at Strength Counseling Services. Um, and, oh, sorry, I forgot the other Regional. part of your question. Regional. Um, yeah, so we have therapists. Well, we used to have therapists kind of all across Canada. Now most of us are centered in Alberta and BC. Um, fortunately, in Canada, most of us are uh, CCC designation, so Canadian Certified Counselors, and that covers all us all across Canada. So we can see clients all across Canada. Um, psychologists, though, for example, are um, they they can only see people in their province, um, but. 
at Strengths, basically all you have to do is go to our contact section on the website and fill it out and then we will phone you and we'll get everything sorted out for you. So we'll talk about like insurance stuff if you've got it, um, if there are any regional um, boundaries, et cetera, we would figure all that out with you and, and make something work for you. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. Well, Brittany, this really has been a pleasure. Uh, again, I, I really love this idea of the unconditional love, the open-handed love. Uh, thanks for letting me challenge you on that a bit. That was uh, really fun to just work with you on that and see how, yeah. how that applies to everybody else. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Of course. And thank you, as always, to our live audience for tuning in today. As a reminder, when we're live, you get no commercial interruptions, but the same can't be said for the podcast downloads. So if you want to avoid the commercial interruptions, be sure to catch us live Monday through Wednesday, 2.30 Pacific Time, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Twitch, or sign up for our Patreon where you get access to our commercial-free RSS feed and support the show. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, wherever it is that you download your podcast if you haven't already, and please leave us a review. We'll really appreciate it. That is all we've got for you all today. Thank you, as always, to our awesome guests, to our live audience. And until next week, have a nice day. Thank you for tuning in to the Practicing Polyamory podcast. Would you or someone in your polycule like to be a guest? Sign up at practicingpolyamory.com and join the conversation. Please support us by subscribing, liking, and following us on social media at Practicing Polya by clicking any of the affiliate links on our website or by subscribing at patreon.com slash practicingpolya.